This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about Gerald Butts now, the former Principal Secretary to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on the seat at the Federal Justice Committee today as he gives his side of the story in the SNC-Lavalin scandal. My guest is Keith Baldry, Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief. Keith, thanks for coming in. Good to be here. Okay, this story just keeps going and going and going. I think the Liberals, we were talking off air here. We're going to listen to a few clips of uh, Gerald Butts here, but you were, your thought on it was that Butts was pretty calm, cool, and collected on there, and the government wants to turn the heat down mm-hmm. in this thing, right? Yeah, so he, he made the first thing he said, I'm not here to take shots at Jody Wilson-Raybo. I'm not going to attack yeah. her. No personal attacks. But he basically refuted, point by point, a number of her assertions. Uh, I thought the most interesting part was when he said uh, the, the now infamous Chateau Laurier dinner that he had with her. He's, he read out text suggesting it was she who pushed for the dinner, uh, kept pushing to meet on this, and it was she who brought up S. NC Lavalin, not him. And he says, "If that's that, how can that be pressure? If it's her idea in, uh, in the first place?" So that was one interesting point from. Butts. This is the this is the one. Just to jump in there, this is the one where she said last week mm-hmm. that at that dinner meeting they had at the Chateau Laurier, that he told her when they're talking about mm-hmm. SNC Lavalin that we have to come up with a solution. To the problem, and which he, he interpreted as pressure. Now, he was asked about that, and he said, well, he doesn't remember using that word. He says he would never use the word solution, wow. and he also said that was her idea to call the meeting. And it, in fact, he says that SNC, and I think Wilson Raybould agrees with this point, that SNC didn't come up until the very end of the dinner, in fact, as the dinner was sort of ending. But again, we're into this. Nobody's got any tape recordings here. Nobody's got any you know, different texts, perhaps. But I think this is now, you know, who do you want to believe? And it's, it's, I think it's going to start to break along partisan uh, terms. Uh, liberals will believe butts. Conservatives and Democrats will believe Wilson-Raybo. And, and there you have it. Barring any other resignations, like Jane Philpott, which came out of the blue, uh, this story goes in two, one of two directions. It either peters out uh, in terms of not having any the proverbial legs. Uh, more resignations would certainly give it legs. Or uh, the ball is thrown into the federal liberal caucus's lap. If there are, if there are, if there is evidence that caucus members, by a significant number, start to break with the prime minister on this issue, then I think he's in a full-fledged crisis. Because we've, you know, I Mike have seen these stories in BC politics over the years. It really depends on on a leader able to hold on to the caucus much more than the cabinet. And if and Trudeau, if he can hang on to his caucus, this thing is effectively over. If he can't hang on to the caucus. Uh, then he's in a lot of trouble. There's a couple of Liberal MP backbenchers mm-hmm. that have been outspoken on this. There's a guy in uh, New Brunswick named Wayne Long yep. who's been calling for an inquiry or an investigation of some kind. There's an Ontario MP named uh, Selena Cesar Chavez who has uh, also been critical mm-hmm. uh, as well. But these are backbenchers. 
two prominent voices there, but they're backbenchers, right? I mean, the, the cabinet, Trudeau has got his vow of fealty from the rest of the cabinet. I don't think there's going to be any more cabinet no, resignations. I don't, I don't think there's any more cabinet resignations. In fact, they're on record now telling media outlets right. uh, where we support the prime minister. The Globe and Mail today has a number of uh, MPs saying that they support. Now, they've got uh, like 50 MPs haven't responded to their to their request for a comment. So I don't think, again, it'll be interesting whether that constitutes a, a, an actual backlash against the prime minister. But until we see evidence of mounting resignations or people from the backbench saying, I don't have faith in the prime minister anymore, uh, I think this thing starts to peter out. Okay. And there's interesting post-scrum reactions. That seemed to be the indication from the politicians from all parties. Let's have a listen to Gerald Butts testifying here this morning. Here he is talking about uh, talking to Jody Wilson-Raybould about getting a, a second opinion on this whole thing. We had a view which was informed by Department of Justice advice that it would be appropriate for her to seek independent advice from an eminent Canadian jurist or panel of jurists. We believe that this was appropriate, first, because the law empowering the Attorney General to use remediation agreements is new. Indeed, this was the first time that entering into a remediation agreement under the new regime was even possible. Second, we felt that outside advice was appropriate because of the extraordinary circumstances of a conviction. The fact that the company involved employs so many people across the country heightened the public importance of the matter. That was the entirety of our advice to the Attorney General, which we made clear she was free to accept or not. We also made clear that if the Attorney General accepted our proposal and took external advice, she was equally free to reject, reject or accept that advice. It was not about second-guessing the decision. It was about ensuring that the Attorney General was making her decision with the absolute best evidence possible. When you boil it all down, all we ever asked the Attorney General to do was to consider a second opinion. Okay, he says we're just asking her to consider it. That's not pressure in his mind. She says it was pressure. So, again, it comes down to this thing that he said today. Well, maybe she experienced it differently or she interpreted it differently. Well, he said a couple of times that two people can experience the same event uh, and have different interpretations. Well, is this like Trudeau when he allegedly groped that reporter? Yeah, Re remember that when he said, well, oh, she obviously experienced it mm -hmm. differently from me. And, you know, to me, I was getting like deja vu on this whole, oh, she experienced it differently. Well, again, it's uh, where does it go from here? Um, it's, we're back to a he said, she said, who do you believe? There are going to be people who believe Wilson Raybo, and there are going to be people who say, no, I don't believe believe you at all. Uh, I believe butts. And I, I'm not sure where it goes from here in terms of being sus sustaining uh, as an issue, as a controversy. Either you see more evidence of implosions in the federal ranks, or you see them come together and say, no more. Here, here's why I think I was more impressed with her testimony than his. Okay, and a couple of things jumped out at me. One was he was asked this morning, well, what about, was there any politics discussed around this? What about, she says that people were bringing up the Quebec election and that Trudeau was a Quebec MP and that this could hurt him politically if they didn't help this company. He had a line where he said, well, you know, politics is a gray area, <laughs> as he put it. And to me, I just thought, what kind of a cop-out is that? You're either putting pressure on this woman to give this company a pass for political reasons or you're not. I mean, where where is the gray area? 
Well, it was interesting. He was also asked, where's the evidence that SN, these 9,000 jobs are going to suddenly disappear um, because of this? It, where Where is there tangible proof that these jobs would disappear? And he couldn't well, point to that. Well, if they were convicted, they would be banned from bidding on government work, which is their bread and butter, isn't it? That's for federal government work. But yeah. keep in mind, SNC-Lavalin is going to probably build the Patella Bridge here on the BC government. So the BC government has given SNC-Lavalin over the last 30 years billions of dollars of contracts. So there's still a lot of work in Canada for SNC-Lavalin just because the feds, they can't bid on federal contracts. They bid hmm. and build so many municipal and provincial projects across the country that I, I just don't see how 9,000 jobs would disappear. Also, this notion that they go to London. Well, every economic analysis I've seen. London's the last place you want to go right now if you're a company because of Brexit. It's about oh, to turn that economy right. upside down. It's not a place you're going to see investment dollars flow through. So I think he was weak on those points on uh, on the SNC-Lavalin aspect. But again, you know, lacking proof from either one of these two, it's basically up to an individual I, to decide who you want to believe. I in. will grant you that he was calm, cool, and collected on there. And maybe that was deliberate. Like you said, bring the temperature mm -hmm. down. He didn't want to be seen as a aggressively attacking her but here's another thing that jumped out at me and i thought sounded weak and that was you know this consistent line that it was all up to her there was no pressure and it was her call okay fine but trudeau fired her effectively as the attorney general he moved her out of there mm -hmm. if it's her call why did you move her out of there? Now, he was asked about that today. And again, he comes back to this Scott Bryson mm -hmm. talking point. Oh, it's because Scott Bryson resigned from cabinet. And that somehow triggered the, this domino effect that he was forced to move her out as attorney general. I'm just not buying that. Yeah, no, it's interesting. His his comments on how this cabinet shuffle was put together is quite revealing that, you know, you regional interest. That, though, that Scott, because Scott Bryson resigned, he had to remove her as the attorney general. I mean, I don't think uh, the argument necessarily is is supported that she had to move from the attorney general. She wanted to remain minister of justice. That was her main main thing that she wanted. I think you, now we're seeing post, you know, all this, people talking about splitting up those two portfolios, Justice and AG, and maybe that's when they should have realized, maybe we should split these two portfolios up. But uh, you can either read her resignation one of two ways, either that she was moved because of SNC-Lavalin and her not playing ball with the government, uh, and that she quit because she was upset with how she was treated in terms of being moved from the Minister of Justice portfolio. It's interesting that she turned down, according to Butts, she turned down the Indigenous Services uh, portfolio yeah. because she has spent her life fighting the Indian Act and she would have... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I've been basically in a position of administering the Indian Act, the very act she finds so offensive, understandably so, uh, for so many years. It uh, was a sort of fascinating uh, background okay. of why this all happened. Well, I'm going to play another clip here for you. In this clip, you're going to hear Gerald Butts describe a phone conversation between Justin Trudeau 
and Jody Wilson-Raybould. Now, this is where they get into the whole cabinet shuffle. Remember, she was removed as the Attorney General and Minister of Justice and shuffled over to a different portfolio. This is an interesting kind of behind-the-scenes look at a cabinet shuffle here. I think it's critical to the whole story here. So let's have a listen. Just so you know, when he refers to uh, Mojag, that means Minister of Justice and Attorney General. Here it is. He said he didn't want to move Minister Philpott but that she was the best qualified person to do Treasury Board because she had been vice chair. He then said that would leave a large hole at Indigenous services. And he didn't want people to think he was relenting at all on the, the agenda. He said he knows how much she, quote, loves being Mojag, but that she was one of our top people. And moving her to Indigenous services would, quote, show Canadians how seriously we take this. There was a long pause on the phone. Minister Wilson-Raybould said that she was, quote, a little bit shocked, unquote, because Mojag was, quote, her dream job. She said, IS is not my dream job. I'm not going to lie about that. The Prime Minister said, I know it is not your dream job, but it is core to this government's mission. Minister Wilson-Raybould said, quote, I feel I'm being shifted out of justice for other reasons. The Prime Minister replied that he was doing the shuffle because he had to, and because he thinks it's the best thing for the government and the country. Then Minister Wilson-Raybould did something I didn't expect. The former Attorney General turned down a cabinet portfolio. She said she couldn't do it for the reason that she had spent her life opposed to the Indian Act, and couldn't be in charge of programs administered under its authority. I should have known that, and had we had more time to think of the cabinet shuffle, I probably would have realized it. The obvious question is why did the Prime Minister not leave the Minister in her old job if she turned down a new one? My advice was this. If you allow a Minister to veto a cabinet shuffle by refusing to move, you soon won't be able to manage cabinet. Cabinet invitations are not the product of shared decision-making. Over the next few days, Ms. Wilson-Raybould and I talked and corresponded many times. I knew from those exchanges that trust had broken down between our office and the minister. I tried to counter her misapprehensions with repeated and, believe me, honest efforts. In the end, I was unable to do so. And here we are today. All right, that's Gerald Butts uh, testifying this morning. I'm speaking to Keith Baldry about the, the testimony today. So there he was describing, I thought, an interesting kind of behind the scenes of a cabinet shuffle where... He, he describes how Jody Wilson-Raybould did not did not want to be the Indigenous uh, Services Minister. He, uh, he put her into Veterans Affairs well, instead. It sounds like uh, it was punishment. Uh, she refused a, a portfolio, uh, and he said, well, his, his advice was, well, if you refuse a portfolio, we can't keep you in your job. You know, you're going to have to move. You can't dictate the terms of, of where you go. Uh, in retrospect, I think he probably thinks we should have left her in, in justice and in, in attorney general. But they, it appears that they moved her to veteran affairs. That wasn't their first choice. The first choice was indigenous services. Right. She says no. And they're saying, well, we're not going to let you dictate where you go. Uh, you're, we're going to move you. And I think uh, that I think that was bad advice. Well, what is it? What is the point of this story that he's telling? Is this to make her look like a troublemaker? Or he says this is the first time he's ever heard of a cabinet minister turning down a I, cabinet job? I think in a very 
not so subtle way. They tried. She he tried to portray this as a bit of sour grapes on on her part, and yeah. it's interesting. I think uh, it'd be not, very interesting to have Wilson Rabel reappear in front of this committee and challenge Mr. Butts's assertions here. Unfortunately, the Liberal majority on that committee voted not to recall her. The Conservatives and the NDP members on that committee are saying, no, she's got to come back and answer these questions. The Liberals are taking a very calculated gamble here without a committee platform uh, for, for her that uh, it's going to be hard for her to counter Butts's, uh, Butts's testimony here. But uh, again, we'll see going forward. Again, I to go back to a lot depends on the Federal Liberal Caucus, if the Liberal MPs make a stand here that's different than the PMO, then the PMO and the Prime Minister are in trouble. Remember, when it comes to this cabinet move, that they moved her out as the Minister of Attorney General and Minister of Justice, which I think is critical to this whole scenario. What we didn't hear in that clip was this whole Scott Bryson Mm -hmm. uh, excuse or argument that when it was Scott Bryson stepped down from cabinet, it triggered this shuffle. And that he effectively had no choice. He had to move her out of AG. And it had nothing to do with this SNC-Lavalin scandal. You see, I'm still not buying that. Like, to me, that doesn't make... It's just unconvincing. It is unconvincing. Uh, he does paint a picture of they had to appease regional um, sensibilities. Yeah. He needed someone to, but that does not necessarily mean. I don't think they've made the case. Well, that means we had to move Wilson Rabel. I right. think you, you can make the case you had to move a few pieces around the chessboard. But why Wilson Rabel, particularly at a time when there are sensitivities over SNC Lavalin? So he's made the case that you have to move some people around to appease regional. Uh, sensibilities and your power base, but has not made the case that suddenly the focus had to be on Wilson-Raybould and and not many other people. Okay, we just got a minute left here. Let's just talk where it goes from here. Now, you've been mentioning that we don't expect any more cabinet resignations because every single one of them has expressed loyalty to Trudeau now. Maybe there's a little bit of uh, rumbling on the back bench, not a whole lot. There is the police are taking a look at this. I mean, they have received a complaint. They said they're reviewing it. Do you expect a police investigation? I'd be surprised. Wilson Rabel herself, in, when she testified in front of the committee, said she did not regard any of this as criminal uh, behavior. She, basically, it was an ethical lapses on the part of uh, Trudeau and his staff. So, and given Butts's, you know, contradiction of Wilson Rabel, I'm presumably the if the police were reviewing her testimony, they may be reviewing his as well. So, I'd be surprised if a police investigation. I go back; it's in the hands of the caucus, and we'll see Mario Dion is now, the, the ethics commissioner. The sure. ethics commissioner is yep. investigating, but he's not exactly yeah. the hanging judge. No, he gave the, the Trudeau. A miss on the Aga Khan thing, so yeah. it's, uh, I think I'd be surprised. So he goes away, you think? Well, the uh, the Conservatives and NDP, uh, this is like candy for them. They want to keep this going as long as they can, and and it's been going for a month. I mean, this is this okay. has done some damage. The polls are showing that uh, the Conservatives are benefiting. Next election, seven months from now, a lot can happen. Thanks for coming in. All right, I appreciate it. Keith Baldry, Global BC Bureau Chief.